Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Joel, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, but I want to go ahead and quickly say Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there. We are releasing an episode on Christmas Day. We have not forgotten about you, but it's not a, a brand new episode, and it's also not a Friday flight episode, and we wanted to uh, quickly address that with folks. Yeah, it's kind of like getting some coal in your podcatcher <laughs> getting a best, bestie HTM episode. It's but. like it's there, but it's not quite what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know. Maybe you did. Maybe you wanted to skip listening to uh, a How to Money episode uh, just because it's Christmas, but... But um, either way, we're glad you're, you're tuned in. And, and before we get to the Bestie episode, we did want to mention really quickly that uh, for, for a lot of people, some good news came Christmas week. And, and basically, that's because of this $900 billion stimulus plan that Congress just passed. Um, Matt and I were going to share more in depth on next Friday's episode because this bill really does have a lot going on inside of it. Yeah, but real quick, it's got a $600 stimulus payment that will be going out as part of this new relief bill. Uh, individual adults making up to $75,000 a year 
would receive a $600 payment, uh, and a couple earning up to $150,000 a year uh, would get twice that amount. And if they have dependent children, they're going to receive $600 per child. Those are some of the the quick highlights regarding the uh, direct payments to individuals. Yeah, and the Treasury Secretary said that if you got a direct deposit last time, your stimulus funds could actually be in your account as soon as next week, which is good news for so many Americans who have had a tough time uh, through, through COVID. And for a lot of our listeners who have continued to do well, if you're getting any of this stimulus money, uh, again, it presents an opportunity for you to use it in your neighborhood at small businesses around you and restaurants around you that have been suffering. I think uh, that can be a great use of these funds. Also, too, for folks who are unemployed, there's going to be a $300 a week federal benefit, half of the level uh, of what it was in the CARES Act, in addition to your state unemployment benefit through March 14th of next year. Yeah, and so there are other elements of this new bill, like a simpler FAFSA. Parents of high school or seniors <laughs> can breathe a sigh of relief, but we'll cover more on this giant relief bill next week on the show. But for now, you can enjoy this bestie episode on debt snowballs uh, and the debt avalanche. Hopefully, uh, new loads of debt aren't something that you are experiencing this holiday season. But if you are, uh, this episode's for you. Or if you just have some lingering debt that you've got laying around, uh, this is definitely going to be a helpful episode for you. Yeah, so appropriate too on Christmas Day to have a snow themed episode, even (laughs) though here in Atlanta, we pretty much never get snow on Christmas. Um, But yeah, we hope you're enjoying a good one with your family. And hopefully to this stimulus news, Matt, some people can use some of that money potentially to get jump started in their debt payoff plan. Yes, exactly. But but for more info on how to do that, here's our bestie episode on debt snowballs versus debt avalanches. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing the debt snowball versus debt avalanche approach to paying down your debt. Yeah, Joel, we are talking about the hotly debated topic of how you should pay down your debt, debt avalanche versus the debt snowball. And obviously, the debt snowball, a lot of folks have heard about that through Dave Ramsey. He's pretty big in the personal finance space. Heard of that guy. Yeah, you've heard of that guy. We're coming for you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's got some good things to say, right? I I definitely definitely don't want to tear Dave down. Um, There's there's actually an article in Money Magazine recently that kind of was going after him and I will say, Dave, not my favorite personality, not my favorite person, and I disagree with him on on a lot of things. So <laughs> I disagree with him on ninety nine percent of things, except for this one thing that he does. Okay, yeah, but no, I, I feel like he has helped so many people. Yes, and in particular yep. to get out of debt quickly. That I would think twice before speaking harsh words against him, just because of how much of a good effect he has had in a lot of people's lives. I think tackling this topic of how you pay down your debt quickly and which of these methods is most effective is going to be good. It's going to be good for us to talk about. Yeah, Dave Ramsey, he's like the godfather for uh, personal finance for me, man. He he basically ushered me into this entire space uh, like 10 years ago. So I owe him maybe at least a little tip of the cap, kind of launching my financial journey to a certain extent. And sometimes there's a, a teacher that's really great for, for a while. And then you kind of move past you know what they have to offer. But yeah, I'm really interested to tackle this topic today. Yeah, it should be fun. Matt, I, before we get to that, I wanted to... You got I, frugal versus cheap? Yeah, I kind of want to ask you a question. I, I is, see that written down here. So, <laughs> Is it frugal or cheap for me to forego buying my kids' school pictures? 
Hmm. Well, most folks know that I'm a photographer, right? So I'm, I'm curious what most folks think. You know, like, do they think I'm going to fall on the side of, no, dog, you're being way too cheap. You got to get those pictures. Or if I'm like, well, I'm a photographer, I can just take my own pictures. I'm frugal. Uh, that being said, I think you are being frugal because I'm with you. We, we only rarely purchase the pictures if they're just outstanding. Otherwise, when we get the little link and they say to, you can go look at the pictures, you know, I look at them and then I screenshot them and I'm able to preserve the memory that that picture was taken. And you can see a little bit of it. Yeah, they got the watermark. It's got though, the right? watermark on it. So yeah. I'm never going to print it out, but I can still save it in photos on my computer. And I can still go back and see the cute smiles and kind of bring back all those feelings without having to actually pay 30 bucks for an eight by 10. You know, yeah, what, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The school pictures are crazy expensive. Yeah. And obviously like someone comes out and spends a lot of time and, and they do a good job. They take good photos. And sometimes we do buy them though. I mean, if, if they're really good, well, I mean, we've purchased them before because I'm like, I got to have that, you know, it's, yeah. it's just too cute. <laughs> well, same here too. Yeah, we have too. I've got, we've definitely bought school photos in the past, but this year we were like, you know what? We're, we're not going to do it. And part of the reason was because the girls, had just been in a wedding and there's these just super adorable pictures that we just recently had there of both go. of them and so we're not going to spend the extra 60 bucks to get this picture package it's not because i don't love the i mean obviously i went through to look at the pictures and they were freaking adorable yeah and it was really hard <laughs> i was like oh man, maybe it's worth the money i want it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we decided to forgo it because we've got pictures from a lot of other events and yeah. you know phones have gotten so good i feel like i'm taking yeah. good pics of my kids all the time That's so true, man plus you know a good photographer and so any Anytime our families get together and I bring along the camera, we always try to get a, a decent family shot or try to get all the girls together, get them smiling, looking in the right direction. And that, that works pretty well. Yeah. So I, I think if you're not sitting there between the ferns, like looking all perfect, <laughs> but it's a little more real life when they're kind of screaming at each other and in mid slap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Get the, the lifelike poses of just crazy things happening. But yeah, I think for people that get that email about getting their kids' school pictures, certainly sometimes you want those little wallet-sized pictures and you want to be able to hand them out to your friends and family members. And we've gotten them too before. And they make great gifts oftentimes. The the four by sixes, put them in a frame, give them to grandma, that kind of thing. But just don't feel obligated like you have to, especially if you already have good pics of, of your kids from other outings. Yeah. And a quick tip if you do want to go ahead and purchase those pictures is to see if you can purchase the digital file. A lot of times they'll charge a certain amount maybe even five bucks more than, than one of the more expensive prints. So like an eight by 10 might be like 30 bucks, like I mentioned, but you can get the file for 35 bucks. Always opt for that because you can spend a little bit more and then you have that file and you can obviously do whatever you want with it, but then go to a website like mpix.com. That's M-P-I-X.com. And they're a fantastic lab where you can get some really high quality prints at a consumer price point. But at the same time, that lab is it's really good. Uh, they've got an entire professional line and a lot of professional photographers that I know use them for their uh, professional fancy prints that they're able to upcharge and, and obviously make a profit. I don't want to give away all the secrets, but yeah, check out mpix.com. Good to get some of that insider knowledge. All right. I like it. Okay. Let's uh, quickly mention the beer that we're having on the show today, Matt. This is Maple Vanilla Copra Kai. Another one by Southern Grist Brewing Company. And thanks to Jamie for sending us yet beers. Ag yet again. This is the second one this week. What's the deal with Cobra Kai? So like Cobra Kai, like that's a karate kid. Yeah. And so it's like, the, do they do Cobra with a P just so that they don't get sued? Probably. Okay. <laughs> that's my assumption <laughs> okay, when I read I it. I yeah. that was the case or what. Or I didn't know if Cobra Kai was an actual thing, like something different. Not that I know of, but uh, you know what? I'm going to reach back out to Jamie and ask him why they named it that. You should also ask him how he made this delicious beer because it smells like an entire dessert in my glass right here. So I'm excited for us to talk about this at the end of the episode. Yeah. Bouquet of flavors. All right, Matt. Now on to the topic at hand. 
and we're discussing the best way to pay down debt. We're debating the debt snowball versus debt avalanche approach. And the problem is that Americans are in debt and lots of it, student loan debt, car loan debt, credit card debt, mortgage debt, and it can be overwhelming. And axing that debt in your life takes a toll not only off of your money issues, but it takes a massive weight off your mind. And there was a study that they did in Singapore recently that found that folks who had massive mortgage, utility, and municipal debt paid down by a charity, they performed better in cognitive function tests. Anxiety disorders massively decreased. And the ability to forego instant gratification also increased. So not having this debt in your life, not only does it make your finances sturdier, it makes your brain function better. And I just thought that was like fascinating that having a lot of debt in our lives has a terrible effects on our brains. Yeah, Joel, one of the things they mentioned was that how the, the real cost of being in substantial amounts of debt like that, how it's not completely reflected in the numbers. It's not completely reflected in how much you owe or how much you make or your net worth. You see it as well, like, in, like you said, in, in your mental health. And it's unfortunate that that total effect is oftentimes overlooked because it is mental. But fact is, you know, no one in all likelihood is going to be showing up to pay off your debt. And we don't take the stance that all debt is bad. But if you are rolling in consumer debts and that's stressing you out, assessing which of the different strategies to take can be helpful. Yeah, because the quicker you can eliminate even just one debt out of your life, right? There's that breathing room. It's going to lessen your overall anxiety in relation to your debt. And first, we want to mention that if you're in overwhelming amounts of debt, well, it's really important to consider getting credit counseling from a place like NFCC. And you can check them out at nfcc.org. And if your debt exceeds 50% of your annual income, well, that is in all likelihood the best place for you to head to get some free credit counseling from your local NFCC affiliate. One other thing to consider uh, before you know we kind of dive into the different approaches to paying down debt, but let's talk for a second too about your interest rate. If you have a good amount of debts, you want to consider a balance transfer. Credit cards will oftentimes offer a 0% for a limited amount of time. Transferring your debt over to a new card like that will allow you some breathing room, uh, give you some time to kind of figure out your approach and how you are going to pay down your debt. If you can't find a good balance transfer, consider calling your credit card company directly and see if you can get your interest rate lowered from that standpoint. It's good to kind of go into those conversations with some knowledge. You want to do your homework ahead of time. But we've talked about this before, Joel, but it never hurts to ask. And you're not going to get that lower interest rate uh, and pay less unless you ask for it. So in a minute, we're going to talk about the debt snowball. We're going to talk about the debt avalanche, some pros and cons to both. But first, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, Matt, let's get right into it. First, we'll talk about the debt snowball approach. And this approach is all about psychology, not as much about math. But psychology, as it turns out, is crucial when it comes to how we handle our money. In fact, it's often more important than just the nuts and bolts and knowing how the math works. And in fact, just like we talked about with that Singapore study that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's pretty obvious that debt has a clear effect on our psyche. And the debt snowball approach is actually an attempt to kind of maximize a positive psychological impact of debt pay down, as opposed to the mathematical and financial best approach to, to paying down your debt. Yeah, this is the Dave Ramsey approach. And the argument often goes is that if it's all about the math, then you wouldn't be in debt in the first place. You know, if you're paying attention to the numbers, the interest rates, the debt, you would know from the very outset that going into debt isn't going to work out for you. And so let's go ahead now and talk about the way it works. In the debt snowball approach, you are going to pay the minimums on all your balances, but then you're going to attack and pay off your debt with the smallest balance first. Once that debt is eliminated completely, you get to roll those payments that were going to that small debt to the debt with the next smallest balance. And so it's called the debt snowball effect because essentially think of, you know, you start off with a small balance and then you roll it over to the next largest balance and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger 
not unlike a snowball that you're rolling down the hill. Oh, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, Perfectly you got it, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, really, psychologically, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because let's say you have seven overall debts that you're looking to pay off. And you get a quick win by paying the first one off because the balance is super low. It feels good. It feels good. And then you're motivated to do just a little bit more. And you actually have a little bit more money then to put towards that second debt because that other one, that first one, it's gone now. Yeah. You don't just have more money to put towards it, but you have more steam. Like you've got that momentum rolling too. Yeah, completely. So I think this path can provide wins more quickly along the way, can keep you motivated. And interestingly enough, Most studies actually show that the results are more favorable with a debt snowball approach than the debt avalanche approach, which makes sense because when you're factoring in the psychology of how we approach our money and our debts, I mean, this is the kind of strategy that keeps someone engaged towards paying down their debts as quickly as possible. Whereas the debt avalanche, which we're going to talk about in just a second, doesn't quite have that same effect. Yeah, those are the legit studies too, like Harvard, you know, all the good schools, not the not the crappy schools. It, it wasn't my Kennesaw State <laughs> University coming out with that, you know? Oh, don't you hate KSU, dog? No, that's a good spot. So the debt snowball, it makes the most sense from a psychological standpoint, but it doesn't uh, when it comes to the numbers, Joel. And that's when sort of the math nerds will jump all over your case. And what they would propose is for you to look at the debt avalanche. So why don't you tell us about that? All right. So the debt avalanche is all about math and not psychology. So kind of the complete opposite of the debt snowball approach. When you take the debt avalanche approach, again, you're still paying the minimums on every single balance except for one. But the debt that you're prioritizing paying off is the debt that has the highest interest rate as opposed to your debt that has the lowest overall balance. And there's certainly a chance that your highest interest rate debt could also be your lowest balance, in which case, win-win. You're kind of tackling both methods at the same time. But yeah, the debt avalanche approach is for the math nerds out there that can still be just as focused paying off debt without that psychological benefit of paying off certain debts more quickly. All right, Joel, quick question for you then. The snow metaphor with the debt snowball makes sense, right? Like you've got, you're quickly gaining steam, starting off with a small little snowball and it rolls over and gets bigger and bigger and bigger that equates to the size of the debt that you're attacking but how does it work with the avalanche then i guess like you you're starting off big yeah i guess so i i don't necessarily think that <laughs> that uh <laughs> the perfect metaphor no it's definitely an imperfect metaphor that's for sure and i don't know where if there's like any like yellow snow involved in this metaphor <laughs> or anything like that i think those are like title loans you just oh, like stay okay. completely away from those gotcha i think we could probably come up with some other really cool you know, metaphors when it comes to snow for paying down your debt but yeah i think someone just kind of tried to come up with a cute alternative to the debt snowball with the avalanche, I guess you're kind of focusing on the large interest rates, kind of going after the big impact stuff first. And then by the end of it, you're kind of focusing, you know, I guess the end of the avalanche, there's just a little bit of snow trickling down the mountain at the very end. And maybe that's your smaller interest rate loans. So. Yeah, it kind of dies out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, really the debt avalanche approach, it, it could prevent you from attacking your debt as intently as you might otherwise be inclined to do. But if you are a really good planner and you can stay the course, Well, the debt avalanche, or sometimes it's also called debt laddering, well, that's likely the best approach for you because you're going to pay off your debts in a little bit less time. You're going to pay less overall in interest to your creditors. So Joel, overall, if I had to pick like one over the other, I think I'm going to end up on like on Team Snowball because for most people, even though it doesn't make the most sense from a financial standpoint when you're only looking at the numbers, 
like we said earlier, it's not all about the numbers. There's so much psychology involved. And I think for a lot of people in particular, if you're struggling with debt and you've been working for a while at trying to pay down your debt, I think in those cases specifically, the, the debt snowball is where it's at. Yeah, I think up until probably last year, I would have been Team Avalanche all the way, and I would have like completely all about the numbers. Yes, yeah. I would have completely disagreed with you because I do think like why would you pay more in interest than you have to? I I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of paying down a five percent debt first when you have a nineteen percent credit card chilling there. Like that that doesn't make any sense to me. And so I think I still probably reside a little bit more on Team Avalanche side and paying off your highest interest rate debts as quickly as possible, and then moving on to those lower interest rate debts. But yeah, recently, one of the loan balances on one of my rental properties is getting pretty low. And it's... Oh, are you feeling the itch? I am, to kind of pay it off? I am. But the <laughs> thing is, the interest rate is so low that it really doesn't make sense for yeah. me to prioritize the payoff. And so I, I'm just having to kind of sit on my hands and forget about it and not even remind myself that we're getting to that point. Because there are other priorities in my life. I don't want to focus on that at this point in time, it would make more sense for me to put my hard-earned dollars towards uh, in the market. Yeah, in the market or towards it. a higher interest rate loan that I have on another rental property. But I completely understand the itch, yeah. right? Especially as you get close to paying something off, it just kind of oh, you want to just finish it off. I think it it is a difficult decision, but really picking your path and sticking to it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And I'll argue in favor of the debt avalanche because I think there's are some situations where it does make sense because the argument will go against it that, well, if you're paying attention to the numbers, right? You, like you would have never ended up in debt in the first place. But I think there are a lot of folks who for a period in their life, maybe when they were younger, they didn't, they didn't pay attention to the numbers. They didn't pay attention to how much they were spending, how much debt they were accruing. And there's a moment where they wake up, they kind of have an enlightening, whether that be uh, they're getting married or they read a great book or they see maybe what their friends are doing with their money. And all of a sudden they're realizing that, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing some terrible things with my money. And in those cases where there's a switch, like when something happens like that and the, it, the, the lights kind of turn on in their head, if they can be disciplined and stick with their plan, I think the, the debt avalanche makes total sense in those scenarios. Matt, that's a good point. And you know what? I, I think there might actually be a third option here for people, something to consider. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone else ever talk about this. And we should kind of come up with our own name for it. <laughs> Maybe the debt snow lanch. Uh, snow cone method. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a little more hybrid approach. And we will tell you what we mean by that right after the break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt. In a second, we're going to talk about how to actually begin these methods, how to implement them into your lives in order to kind of start crushing that debt. But first, let's kind of talk about this hybrid approach that we think might make a lot of sense for folks. Yeah, Joel, it, you know, it is a sort of a hybrid approach. And I, you know, I don't think we're original thinkers here. I'm sure a lot of folks have done this, but paying off that really high interest rate debt first and then prioritize those balances that have the smaller balances next. For instance, high interest rate credit card debt that you might have, that's what you're going to want to cut most quickly. And a car note at 5% isn't a priority in the same way. But once you have those credit cards out of the way, you can then work towards paying off your car just to kind of be rid of it once that balance starts getting lower, even if you have student loan debt, say, at 7%. So I think in this hybrid approach, what you're doing is you're saying, what's the disparity in interest rate between that 
and the rest of my debts. And if it's a big disparity, like if you have that one credit card that's at 19, 20, 25% interest, you're going to want to prioritize that first, no matter what, if all the rest of your debts fall in that five to 7% range. Exactly. Basically, you're looking for an outlier that you want to eliminate first. Yeah. And then it doesn't really matter what your order is after you pay that one off first, right? It doesn't matter if you then tackle the 5% debt instead of the 7% debt. That's okay. That's less meaningful in the grand scheme of things. But paying off that really high interest rate debt as quickly as possible, that's going to help move the needle so that you pay less interest overall. Yeah. What those same uh, studies with that same research show though, is that it does matter for you to make sure and focus on a single debt. Those who try to kind of spread out their payments, not just the minimums, but kind of additional payments across a whole sort of portfolio of debts that they had, were much less likely to successfully get out of debt versus uh, paying towards a specific debt with laser-like focus, regardless of the approach. So you could be paying towards the balance that was the smallest, or you could be paying down the uh, balance that had the highest interest rate. doesn't really matter. As long as you were focusing on that one singular debt, you had a much higher chance of getting out of debt altogether. And this, again, goes back to that same study, Joel. But the weight and the impact that multiple debts like that uh, can have on you mentally, it's just draining. It's, it's, it's you know One of the things they mentioned in the article as well was that how it's a bandwidth tax that kind of saps on your mental energies and your ability to think straight, to perform normal tasks effectively. And certainly we've seen this in other areas in our life as well. When we try to multitask, do multiple things all at once, chances are you're not going to do any of those things that well. But the interesting thing is we all think we know how to do it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we all think we're good multitaskers, but most of us actually are terrible. We're at terrible it. at it. But if you can just focus on that one thing and just knock it out of the park, it's just going to be way more effective and you're going to see a lot more progress happen sooner. Yeah, Matt, interestingly enough, when you kind of crunch the numbers and you look at how long it takes people to pay off their debts and how much overall interest they pay in the debt snowball versus debt avalanche method, it, it really doesn't end up being that big of a disparity, which nope. I thought was really interesting. Sounds like you're about to cross over to the team debt snowball side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like with psychology being such a major impact on people's continued ability to keep going down that path of paying down their debt, well, yeah, I mean, debt snowball actually really does make a lot of sense. And it's interesting, just doing more research for this episode, I was kind of struck by the fact that that psychology factor is way, way, way more important than even I gave it credence uh, for in the beginning. Because, I mean, I know that's important. I know that's important in personal finances, the way people think, and just kind of those strongly held beliefs that we have in the back of our brain that we don't even know exist. They're huge in the way we approach paying off debt or spending or all of those things, right? But I didn't realize that it's as powerful as it is. It's kind of jarring how much power our brains have over us when it comes to you know, how we spend, but then also how we pay down our debt. So at this point, what we're saying is to have some self-awareness, know yourself enough to know which of these approaches would work the best for you. Because it doesn't matter all that much when it comes to the numbers. But what does matter is that you actually do the deed, right? Like that you finish the drill and that you're able to get out of that debt. Both of these approaches can be helpful. So what's most important to you, though, is that you prioritize paying down your debts at all and getting started. Yeah, just a really quick thought on that, Matt. Let's say you want to start running, but you've lacked a little bit of the motivation. Well, there are all these kind of little tricks that you can do in order to make yourself more likely to actually get out there and, and run your first mile. If you lay out your shoes and your running gear ahead of time before you even go to bed, well, when you wake up, and you stare at it, there's a huge chance that you're actually going to put it on and maybe go for a jog. 
But if you say, no, I'll, I'll get it out of the drawer in the morning. Well, there's a good chance that you're going to sleep in. And I think the same is true when it comes to debt repayment. If you can get fully on board with one strategy and actually get the ball rolling, well, the likelihood is you're going to stick with this and you're going to make progress. And once you see progress, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy that you are going to continue down that path and you're going to crush your debt. And so, yeah, let's go through kind of helping people figure out how to get started going down one of these paths. So Joel, the first step is that you want to get organized. Go ahead and write down all the debts that you owe. So start with the minimum payments, but then go ahead and write down your interest rate and the total balances due for each of those debts. Because regardless of which approach that you're going to take, you need to know which one has the actual smallest balance or you need to know which one has the largest interest rate. You got to be organized. And Joel, just like you mentioned, kind of setting out the shoes, setting out your gym shorts. You got to line everything up and have it sitting there so that you can attack it. Yeah. And so either way you slice it, whether you're going debt snowball or debt avalanche or that kind of hybrid approach, the snow lanch that we talked about, create a repayment schedule that funnels all of your extra money towards that debt that you're targeting under your favorite strategy. You're going to want to make sure that all of the other debts in question that you're paying the minimums on and then as much extra cash as you have in your budget, you're funneling that straight towards that debt that you hate the most that you're planning to crush. Yeah, man, knock that thing out. And then after maybe each of those debts that you knock out completely, it might be worth considering rewarding yourself uh, at that point. Don't let little mistakes completely derail you. You want to make sure that you're able to see some forward progress. Like that's the problem with debt is that a lot of times it can be this invisible thing that's really tough to quantify. And in reality, like as a human being, what you experience is that you're depriving yourself of the things that you used to spend money on. And you don't really feel that you're doing anything. So sometimes having these little small rewards is a tangible way for you to remind yourself physically that, oh yeah, I'm paying down my debt, right? Because so much of our currency, so much of our money today is digital. And it's not like you have a stack of cash that's growing on your dresser and you're able to see that and feel like you're, you're becoming better off or that you're handling your money better. It's just digital. It's just number that shows up on your phone. And it can be tough sometimes to, to feel the actual impact of that. Yeah, some sort of little reward can, I think, help you stay engaged in the fight to pay off your debt. Whether it's a a, a latte on a Saturday morning at your favorite coffee shop or a new pair of Chuck Taylor tennis shoes, you know, (laughs) that, that would probably be mine. But yeah, I think something like that can actually provide that boost. Like, okay, cool. I can't wait till my next little reward when debt number two gets paid off. And I think it's really helpful. Like we need little, we need moments of feedback in these areas yeah. of our lives. And if, if you're not able to share it with somebody in particular, providing little rewards, little benefits, little boosts for yeah, yourself. Little reminders. Yeah, it's so helpful, right? Yeah, and you mentioned sharing it with someone else as well. I mean, and I think that's another great way of moving forward with paying down your debt is have somebody else who might be in a similar life stage as you or has similar goals that you're trying to achieve. Because you can, again, you can remind each other, not through just these little treats and rewards, but also through encouragement and spurring each other on, Joel. I mean, going back to your your running analogy, even though you don't run. No way. You're never going to see me <laughs> running, man. I, but, stay, I stay on two wheels. <laughs> but when you're running with a buddy, that is going to be a much more effective way to train and to stick to a training schedule or hitting a specific time. If you're trying to set like a new personal record for yourself, that's another way that will allow you to uh, stick with it and to stay motivated. And as you're on this path to, to paying down your debt as quickly as possible, you know, like we said, these are all great approaches. But the biggest thing 
the biggest thing that you have to be aware of is that you can't start creating new debt again in the process or at the end of this process. You can't pay off a credit card and then start working on your next debt. And then you know what? Start charging that first credit card that you paid off. Start charging it up again. That defeats the purpose and puts you in a very similar bind. You have to take a hard look at the root causes of what led you to getting into this debt in the first place. And Joel, for a lot of people, like that root cause might be having a credit card to begin with, right? Like you and I, we talk a good bit about credit card bonuses. I love those sign-up bonuses and, and getting the big rewards that way. But for a lot of folks, that might be temptation to overspend and consume on a scale that doesn't fit with their budget. And so in that case, it might be wise for them to not have a credit card. There are some different benefits like that that you can use to your advantage that can work for you. But just don't allow the same tools to work against you and cause you more harm than good. Yeah, if you know that credit cards in your possession don't end well, if, if you know that it ends with a shopping spree online or you go to your local mall or whatever, I don't know, do malls still exist? I feel like millennials are killing malls, right? That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> but if you... Amazon shopping spree. Yeah, yeah. However you use your credit card, however you use it poorly, you need to be aware of that. And if you feel like you can't handle credit card usage well, well, then you need to cut them out of your life because it's just not worth the potential harm that could befall you from using your credit cards frequently and often, landing you in more and more debt. So true. Let's now go ahead and get back to our beer. Yeah, man. So this was Maple Vanilla Copra Kai that we had from Southern Grist Brewing Company. Thanks to Jamie over there for sending this one over to us. Dude, this was one of the best beers we've had on the show in a while. This beer was harmonious, I would say. It had the, the elements of maple and vanilla perfectly blended into this milk stout. And in my opinion, it was the absolutely perfect specimen of what a milk stout should taste like. This was fantastic. Yeah, and this is only a 7% beer. A lot of stouts that have a lot of flavor like this tend to be boozier and bigger, which make them a little more difficult to drink. And this one was not that way. It's, it's really easy to drink. A lot of amazing flavors. Since I'm holding the can right now, I can, I'm kind of sniffing it. And it almost has this cake batter uh, quality to it. it. Smells really sweet, really delicious. Yeah, it almost had like a like one of those maple donut kind of vibes yeah. going on. Like, a, <laughs> like the, there's this concept of the pastry stout where people are putting donut kind of additions into their stouts, brownie additions, all these kind of interesting, funky dessert-like factors into yeah. their stouts. And this one kind of had like, man, some really cool elements, some really tasty notes, but it wasn't overwhelming yeah. in your face either. Yeah. It, it was like these awesome flavors in perfect balance. Yeah, like you said, harmonious. With it being a milk stout, it's just got that smooth, creamy milkshake-like nature to it. You know what I'm saying? Fantastic beer. We're kind of gushing all over this thing, so we should probably go ahead and cut it short. But fantastic brewery, Southern Grist. I looked them up as well because we, since we had them on the last episode, I wanted to see what other beers they had, man. And they have such an amazing variety. A lot of places will just rock the IPAs really hard or they'll have tons of sours. Southern Grist kind of had it all. They had IPAs, they had sours, they had some some German styles that you don't see a lot of hip new breweries make, but then they've got some awesome big stouts like this as well. And so yeah, props to Southern Grist. That just means that we're going to have to try more Southern Grist beers. We just need to go up there. Have you been up to uh, Nashville anytime for like a day trip or something? It's been a while, man. It's a great town, but it's been a minute since I've been there. But yeah, I feel like there's some really good breweries up there now. And it's just like a really fun town to be in. Good live music. I, I just remember hanging out on Broadway in Nashville. Going to see some kind of old school country music with like pedal steels and upright basses and stuff. I mean, that's totally my jam. Go buy some boots or something. <laughs> something southern country. 
<laughs> no, I still wear my chucks. But uh, is Nashville is that like day trip territory for Atlanta? Yeah, it's about four hours from where we are. Okay, that's not bad at all. Well, I might have to do it, dude. Let's do it. All right, I'm in. All right, quick snowball avalanche recap. Debt snowball. It is all about the psychology. It's not about the math. You're going to prioritize paying down the debts with the smallest balance if you're in it for the quick wins and gaining that momentum versus the debt avalanche where you're going to be focused on the math, not the psychology. And in this case, you are prioritizing paying down the debts that have the highest interest rate because you're a nerd and you can't get past those numbers. Yeah, Matt, that debt avalanche strategy, particularly good for robots and extreme planners. <laughs> and those that have a lot of discipline, right? Like yeah, you got to exactly. know yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And so the, the last thing that we need to note real quick is the most important part of both of these strategies is focusing on paying down one debt at a time to the exclusion of all the others. You're going to pay the minimums on every single debt, but there's only one debt that you're going to prioritize highly. And so either way you go, make sure you're taking that approach. That's going to be the most motivating factor. That's going to kind of give you that tunnel vision and it's going to help keep you motivated because you're targeted in specifically on that one debt and you're going after obliterating it at all costs. Yeah, Joel, you cannot underestimate the power of focus when it comes to your debt. Do not try to multitask your debt payments. But that is going to be it for this episode. You can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah. And if you're into leaving reviews for awesome podcasts, man, totally feel free to do that for us. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you think Matt and I have room for improvement, please drop us a line. You can go to howtomoney.com slash do better. We would love to hear from you. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Best friends out. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.